LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Madeline Galea. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry each week. Maddie, you've got a business idea. You want to pitch it on the one thing. I Come do. on, what is it? Okay, I would love someone to start a cafe where I could get bubble tea and a great cup of coffee at the same place. Right. What is it about those two things together that entices you? Look, my best friend loves bubble tea. Yeah. And I love coffee. Yeah. And whenever we go out, we have to go to a cafe and I drink first. And then we go to chai time or something and then she gets bubble tea and I sit there and it'll be great to just sit together and yeah. drink together so what, what at the moment you're going to two separate cafes and just calling each it other t- what's happening no it takes like four hours oh, because right. someone has to drink and then oh. the next person so I'd really appreciate if someone out there would start this and I'll be a, a paying customer excellent well, I hope you'd be a paying customer anyway uh, if you do own a store like that leave a comment in the uh, on the One Thing podcast uh, anyway the One Thing is brought to you by Geneva Push the Australian Church Planning Network we're also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network and we would encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes and all the other Christian podcasts now listen that obscure introduction <laughs> does have a connection with what we're talking about today because for now you have pressed play on another episode of the One Thing Reaching Asian Australia. Alrighty, and I have two special guests who have been recording all day, all day. Uh, and so we are last off the show, but not the least. We're, uh, we're at our peak right now. At the yeah, peak, this yeah, is yeah. the best yeah. discussion. Yeah. A no, game. That's not true, because we're going to encourage you to listen to a different podcast that you've recorded today, a little bit later. And uh, my impression is they will be fantastic. We have Iggy Wong and Peter Liu with us today. Welcome, Thank guys. Thank you. Excellent. Now, we, you guys are a little bit... Uh, you can give your own backgrounds, but you're sure. both from Brisbane in Australia, East Coast of Australia. You're leading churches up there. How about Iggy, start with you, mm. talk to us a little bit about your church, uh, what it's like, and your role there. Yes, yeah, so I'm the lead pastor of a church called Cooper's Plains Evangelical, or CPE Church for short. Um, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit complex, our history, but um, we started as a Chinese Christian church, uh, similar to many of the churches down here in Sydney, which are CCCs, uh, with a Chinese and English congregation. Somewhere along the way, um, both congregations became independent, so that the Chinese congregation is now its own church and the English congregation is its own church. Um, that's significant because that operates very differently from most Chinese churches. Um, so I'm the lead pastor of the English church there. Uh, we're about 150 or so, pre-COVID anyway, so we're still trying to gauge things in this COVID season. Uh, mostly of a ABC, Australian-born Chinese demographic, very young as well. Uh, so most people, are, I'm, I'm 30, 35. I believe. I have to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so most of the congregation is, 80, 80% of the congregation is my age or younger. So it's a very young congregation there. Um, yeah, we're in the south side of Brisbane, which is uh, the really multicultural area uh, where most of the Asians actually live in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. Peter. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if I've been in Brisbane long enough to be called a Brisbaneite. So I'm originally from Melbourne. And currently on the northern side of Brisbane, where it's not as multicultural. There's no Asians there. Uh, it's, slowly, not, it's changing, it's changing. <laughs> it's where I live, he's right, yeah. Um, it's getting there, slowly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Brisbane Cantonese Christian Church there, uh, looking after the English congregation there. So second gen, again, similarly to Iggy, fairly young, uh, 
yeah, 80% of the guys there are younger than me and my family. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, some interesting dynamics there and learning to navigate uh, yeah. that. But you're, you're still connected to the Chinese side. Yeah, point, yeah. yeah. So uh, our church is still, we've got one church, two congregations. Uh, and yeah, trying to learn how to walk together. Mm. So could you just, uh, again, you might start with you. Mm. Give us one difference between what you've seen in Anglo churches and what your experience has been in uh, Asian churches you've either been in or led. Uh, one difference between Anglo churches I've been in. Yeah, so I, I studied, um, did my theological education down in Sydney. So I was in a few Anglican churches down here. Uh, what's one difference? Well, uh, I think it's, I'm trying to, sometimes I, it's the part of the complexity is trying to figure out whether it's an ethnic cultural issue or whether it's just uh, part of a wider upper middle class sort of issue of um, the, the expectations put on the children to actually achieve and be successful and really have those high paying professional jobs. Um, I think it's a broader migrant population sort of uh, issue because you know your parents come, they sacrifice so much for you uh, and they want you to have the best. That's how they show their love to you. They want you. Um, so to actually call people uh, to actually give all of their life to Jesus, which means making sacrifices maybe to what job they pick or what's, I'm not even talking full-time ministry here, but just like committing to church and doing mm-hmm. things like sacrificing yeah. study, sacrificing you know time <laughs> put into your career. Um, do you buy that house? Do you get that promotion? What, all those gospel-centered decisions uh, seem to uh, yeah, really always be wrestling with that expectation and pressure from the migrant families to really push their kids to be successful. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly, I guess, pushing, pushing back against that. Um, but I say, you know, I'm sure that those are issues in Anglo churches too, but probably more pronounced because of that migrant culture yeah. and that generation that's come to give everything to their kids. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's huge. Yeah. I think I'd probably look at something different. Uh, I remember uh, going to uh, an Anglo church for a period of time. And, you know, it was, it was a good church, healthy church, um, growing church. Um, but one thing that just I kept wrestling with get to the end of church I'm like let's go for lunch and nobody would do it it just nobody would take it it's just like come on let's family let's let's go get, grab some takeaway go to the park you know not that hard um, and it just never got anywhere but then I remember uh, I remember I was visiting a Chinese church um, I was doing some preaching there and immediately after the service first question what are you doing for lunch and I felt just wow where have I been and so I think that's a massive difference uh, just that sense of community how how relationships are done I think that's a big one yeah mm, okay um, so you both obviously pastors so your role as a pastor how is it different in an Asian church as opposed to an Anglo church or even um, maybe a, a Chinese service and an English speaking service mm. in the one church yeah what does it actually look like mm. Yeah, it's very complex, Maddie, mm-hmm. and it, I think, um, yeah, th- there'll some, be some generalization. So, like I said, I, I work in a slightly different system because we are quite independent. Uh, we're our own church now, which means that I, um, I do get to uh, lead in a way which is uh, people look to me as the leader of the congregation to make decisions and um, uh, set the vision and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I, you know, even my church council, my deacons and elders and whatnot, I'm really the one really pushing things there. 
Uh, whereas in a lot of Chinese uh, churches and probably Asian churches more broadly, it's not necessarily the pastor who has the ultimate authority, yeah, which often in Anglo churches is quite a given that the pastor is the lead guy there. Uh, most Chinese churches are set up by a group of uh, well-intentioned uh, migrants who come over, they want to start a church and they become the founding members, and, but they're not theologically trained um, pastors or anything, they're just founding members of the church, but they end up being sort of uh, the matriarchs and patriarchs, you know, of that church who have the influence, who call the shots. Mm. And then they employ a pastor who sort of has to report to them, you know, yeah. so they, um, I remember talking to a pastor on, um, yeah, from a Chinese church who, a young guy who I talked to and I said, oh, so, you know, so how's things works that work there? And he's like, well, the elders just tell me what to do and I do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was, I was a bit like, wow, how, how, how do you do that? How do you work yeah. it? But how that's, do you lead with yeah, yeah, well, exactly. So what does leadership actually look like mm. in that context? Who, who actually is leading? Who's actually in charge? Yeah. So it's, it's quite complex. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if Peter can speak into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> Yeah, there's definitely a kind of, yeah, there's, mm. there's a complexity there because on one hand, there are certain people who lead the church. Um, but then at the same time, they're looking to the pastor as the professional, the guy who knows mm. his stuff. He's the holy guy. He's um, the one who's doing that. But then he doesn't get to lead. Uh, mm. And so that, that's tricky sometimes to navigate. Because um, there, there is a certain, there's a level of respect for pastors. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, that honor uh, and respect of pastors is very mm. present in the culture. You want to yeah. honor the pastor, yeah. but then not necessarily do what they say yeah. all the time. So yeah. their authority is in spiritual matters, but once you start touching certain things that might be more mm. practical or just community, when you start touching some of those things, it might get really sensitive. Can I ask, how you're, you guys are a lot younger than the yeah. oldest guy in the room here. How does your age play into this in, in cultural context? Yeah, so I think uh, definitely early on, I think there was a personal aspect I think I want to start with. There was definitely a personal aspect where I questioned that. It's, and I think that's part of the Asian mentality as well of, I'm the young guy. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm going to defer uh, to the elders, uh, to the elders and the, to those who are older. Um, and so I think there's definitely that personal uh, pressure that a lot of uh, ABC guys will do. They'll kind of put that pressure on if they're young. Um, I think what's different for me is uh, I've been in ministry for a long time now. And so I've kind of gotten over that. And so even though I'm relatively young uh, in the scheme of church, uh, that doesn't play on me anymore. Uh, but I, I definitely see it that that guys will re wrestle with that and they'll get that external pressure. Um, you're young, you don't know what you're doing. We're gonna yeah. talk you through that. And part of that though is because that happens right from the beginning, it actually sticks with them. Mm. And so they never really then take the lead down the track. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I do wrestle with that. Um, I mean, only, like I mentioned before, only 20% of my congregation would be older than me anyway. and we. We call them, you know, our respect the uncles and aunties of the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and as a whole, you know, they've, they've been great and supportive. But I think there definitely is an aspect of um, in certain matters, you know, do I have the experience, you know, to understand what they... And there's some rightful, you know, yeah. uh, assertions in that. Do, do I really have the experience to understand what they're going through, do, you know? Um, so, 
I think there's a element where uh, age is really held up. You know, that experience and that wisdom that comes with age is really valued in Asian culture. Uh, so I, it does sometimes become a bit of a barrier. Um, but like my, my particular experience hasn't been too bad, but definitely, you know, a few gray hairs often goes a long way in just gaining people's <laughs> yeah. respect in terms of that age and experience. Yeah. yeah, okay. mm. yeah. Uh, no, that's helpful. With uh, uh, the younger side of your congregation, maybe future leaders, those you kind of want to encourage to step into full-time ministry, thinking more recruiting in that sense, how is that different in an Asian mm. context as opposed to an Anglo? Mm. I think Iggy touched on this mm. a little bit earlier, but just the expectations that migrants have of their children it, it just even giving more time to church is a massive one. And, uh, you know, I've heard conversations that of parents uh, grilling their kids because they're giving too much time to church and not, a, not enough time to family or their careers. Mm. You know, they're sacrificing time that they could be earning money, making their way in their career for church. Mm. And so even just at the level of having lay volunteers in your ministries uh, can become a rub. Um, yeah. yeah, I think um, there's some really helpful stuff that we recorded earlier on. So make sure, you know, you guys listen to that <laughs> podcast later. <laughs> but one of the things that st uh, stood out to me, uh, I think it was from a few of our guests actually, was um, it, I think it's something I've known, but, you know, it's just brought to the mm -hmm. top that conscious sort of uh, awareness of it is the involvement of families in the decision. So um, maybe in, a, in the Western context, uh, broadly speaking, is it more individualistic that, you know, when you make a decision, do ministry, you know, you, that's just your decision. You make it, you know, whatever makes you happy, you know. Um, but with in the Eastern uh, Asian context, yeah, family is a huge part of that. Yeah. So actually winning the parents over to, to the decision to, is a lengthy process. Involving them in decision is really necessary. You can't just do it. You have to really talk about it. The pastors actually have to actually engage with the parents. You know, you have to involve and, and you know, help talk through the fears and things like that. So it becomes more of a communal family decision rather than just an individual decision. Mm. Um, but having said that, sometimes, you know, because of the migrant backgrounds, parents may not come around. And how do we, yeah, the challenge of actually helping people see the priority of mm. Jesus's call above family even, you know, that, that's a very tricky one. Um, but actually helping our people mm. step through that, yeah, wisely, yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, long story short, um, when I decided to go to Bible college, it took me six months to get my parents to come around. And that's short. Mm. Mm. That's super. Um, I was like, yeah. just six months? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about, um, <laughs> but, it, it, yeah. uh, but it was six months of, like I said I was going to go, but I didn't put in my application until I got the yes from them. And it took six months. Wow. Um, just, And part of that was just a lot of prayer and patience. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there was, there was times during my journey into full-time ministry where uh, my wife and I, Lee Ting, we, we were thinking, is this actually worth it? to see what it's doing to our family in terms of their grief. And, and my parents were Christians as well, um, but the amount of grief and turmoil that it caused in the family, it actually made us question, are we doing the right thing? You know, mm. like a few times along the way. Yeah. It was really challenging, yeah. Because do you, I'm mm. not sure if you ever don't recommend mm. someone for that reason. Like obviously as a Christian, our relationship with God is like our first mm. identity. But our culture, our family, they're mm. like beautiful things that are really important. Mm. So, yeah, how does that actually play out, though? Do mm. you say, mm. well, it's actually destroying your family, mm. maybe don't, or...? Yeah. 
I think it's hard to say. I think it's a case by yeah. case sort of individual thing, Maddie, and thinking about, you know, people's, uh, yeah, their motivations and, mm. you know, um, you know how, how much are they being shaped by the gospel? How much is it just avoiding pain or, or something yeah. like that? There's, I think it's quite complex. So, yeah, it's hard to say, like, I mean, for my, for my own personal journey, you know, uh, I think we had a strong conviction that, you know, for the sake of the gospel, that this is the best place we could be serving. Yeah. pushing ahead and trusting that God would help our parents come around, which which by His grace they have come around yeah. with time. And oftentimes that's the case. I, I, I don't want to put any guarantees out there yeah. uh, because migrant, you know, migrant parents, like all parents, they, they love their kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the end, you're still their son. You're still their daughter. Yeah. And even though it feels really painful at the time, um, you know, what I've seen more often than not, most the cases that I've encountered where you know, this disowning almost has happened. Mm. The parents have come around slowly and supported mm. that decision or at least been okay with it in the mm. end. Yeah. I think one thing that yeah. I've learned uh, just having been part of a mission agency and just the experience there is when they receive Asian workers. So, um, you know, we've, there's so many Asian workers going out to the field right now. Praise God. Um, but one of the things that they learned in that process was bringing the parents along, supporting and and building resources to actually interact with parents, engage with them. And I think one of the things that I've learned from that is we talk about honouring parents, and that is a massive thing for the Asian community. And so I think as leaders, for myself, it's I want to help them learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Think creatively. Think about how, how do we honour our parents in this context where we're going to put the cross before us mm-hmm. and follow Christ in this call. How do we do that and honour our parents? And so I think one thing that probably needs a lot of work is helping uh, guys who are thinking about stepping into the ministry honour their parents, honour their families. Um, And there's been a few times when I've really challenged guys. It's like, don't forget your family. Mm. Um, And let me me just go into another story. Um, Missionaries in Asia, one of the things that they get asked is about their family. And it is a testimony when you have a positive relationship with your family and you can articulate in some way how you honour them. Mm. And I think that's just as valuable here, where if we can help guys think through how to honour their parents and do that, especially when they're stepping into ministry, um, that's going to set them up for their ministries and what they're going to be doing. Mm. Uh, It just sets the tone for uh, that's, not, that's not just an Asian culture yeah. thing. That's a biblical call yeah. as well, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. huge. So, uh, I, I'm actually really looking forward to hearing the series. I've been I've been talking to you guys before. I know some of the guys who've come through, and you've been interviewing today, uh, and Iggy, um, uh, so Iggy and Peter and Adam Chang has been here as well. What's the heart behind the series? What do, What are you hoping will come out of it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we, we just want people to, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all on about bringing Jesus to our, to our nation, yeah, helping people know Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's nothing better. This is the best news. This is why we exist. This is our mission. This, this is why we're still here. Christ hasn't come back yet. Um, but a big part of who we are as a nation is we're, we're multicultural, yeah, and uh, Asian Australians are forming an increasingly larger part of that demographic. Uh, so we really want to help uh, people working in those contexts already. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're both young too. We're still yeah. figuring things out. Um, yeah. But we, 
lot of wisdom from our guests to just really help people working in those contexts. We've learnt heaps yeah. to think about how we can keep doing that well as we minister yeah. to Asian Australians and migrants to our shores. Uh, but we hopefully we hope that it'll inspire people too to start thinking and challenging themselves um, to yeah get out of their comfort zones a bit to actually cross cultures to see the value of actually doing this and hopefully equip them with some of the starting blocks. You know, we'll make mistakes along the way, but I don't think that's a reason to not try, you know, you know, and God's with us and he'll, he'll work. So uh, we're just hoping it'll make an impact for our churches in our nation. Yeah. I've been in ministry for almost 14 years. And when I started, there was nothing like this. Um, and the wisdom and the experience that has been gleaned through this podcast will be such a blessing. Uh, and I think if this can impact one person who can impact one church. That's amazing uh, to, to see healthy, multiplying church. That would be great. Oh, I'm praying for tens of thousands yeah. of people impacted <laughs> in churches as well. But look, let's start with one and let's go from there. That would be amazing. So what's the one thing that you want to say about reaching Asian Australians? Yeah, I would say uh, don't let fear stop you trying. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get it perfect. Even we, as Asian Australians, struggle with this at times. So don't let that fear of you know, making a cultural faux pas or not quite getting there stop you. But uh, just take a step. Uh, start talking to that demographic uh, that you're trying to reach. You can only reach them when you get to know them. Yeah. yeah. I, I just immediately go to Revelation 7 and the vision of seeing every tribe, nation, people, and tongue. And... You know, right now we've just got the nations coming and the, the Asians are a big part of that. Mm. Uh, and what the future holds, who knows, but they're here right now. And um, to see, to be a part of accomplishing that vision, uh, what a privilege. Mm. Uh, I think that's massive. Um, well, the toolbox today is one very simple thing, that is... Uh, get a hold of this season and have listened to it. I, I've been um, uh, I've been encouraged just by the names of people who have been on this podcast. And we obviously haven't been able to have everyone, uh, you guys leading it and the people you've had on. This is the beginning of a conversation. This is not the, the final word on as you've, you've been saying. We want to keep this conversation going. There are millions of people coming to us, millions of people living here who don't know Jesus from around the world, as well as people who've been here for a long time that we need to reach and so we need to keep thinking how we do it so get a hold of the podcast listen to it uh it's fantastic thank you both so much for joining us today and all day as you have been recording uh, we have really appreciated it and i can't wait to listen to the rich australia podcast and if you liked what you heard today on the one thing we'd appreciate it if you take a moment to rate the show on itunes and even leave a comment Thanks for joining us on The One Thing today. I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Madeline Galea. Chat soon.